All right, let's pray, church. Let's pray across the room. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, to come in your presence and worship as a family this morning. We thank you that there is no one like you, God. We declare before anything else that there's no one like you, God. You are above and you are beyond our grasp in all your glory. Yet you're so approachable and readily available in all your love. Refine us this morning, God. Renew us this morning. Let us not think that we have arrived. We've only begun. And I thank you, Lord, that the greater measures of your glory are calling out to the bride this morning. I thank you, God. They're calling out to the saints saying, come, come. Let me show you great and unsearchable things. Come and let me show you greater levels of my glory. Church, just begin to pray across the room. Pray from your spirit across the room. Pray across the room, church. The devil has lied to us saying that there's no hunger left in the church in America. The devil has has lied to us, but there is hunger. There's a greater hunger than there's ever been. There's a desperation and a searching in the hearts of men unlike anything we've ever seen. And church, God is answering the cry. And so begin to cry out. Begin to cry out before God, the God of glory, the God of all glory. I'm going to ask you to pray the prayer of Moses with me this morning. God, show me your glory. Show me your glory, God. Moses had the presence. He had the presence. It went before them, it surrounded them, and it was with them. He had the presence, yet he still prayed the prayer, God, show me your glory. He still prayed it, God, show me your glory. I know there's people here this morning, you came desperate, desperate for a touch from Jesus, the healer, the king of glory, as Melanie was talking about, and he wants you to know he sees your desperation. He's willing, and he can't wait to touch you this morning. I think there's people in here about to be healed in the house this morning. You're desperate for a touch of healing this morning, even in your body. I think there's someone, you've got pain going down your leg. I think it's the right leg, but we're going to say he's desperate to touch either leg this morning. I guarantee you, but I think it's your right leg. There's pain. It's hard to, to move freely. I see the Lord touching your right leg this morning, uh, giving you full movement. I see a woman. Uh, you've got multiple symptoms this morning. I feel like it's like three or more, like it's not just one thing, but you came desperate because you've got multiple symptoms this morning, three or more, and the Lord wants to heal you this morning. Uh, I feel like there's someone the Lord's going to hear something about your inner ear your inner ear I don't know if it's uh, pain or hearing or imbalance but something the Lord wants to touch and heal someone's inner ear this morning Uh, someone's voice your vocal cords that word may be for me this morning thank you Lord I receive it but I think it's for someone else as well wants to heal your vocal cords this morning someone's voice thank you Jesus thank you God Thank you, Lord. I, I just I see someone with back pain uh, or, and, and spinal issues and all types of back pain. I just saw someone just bending down and touching their toes, just full movement. And it's like they came up so f- happy, so full of joy because they have full movement in their backs and in their body. I thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, that you're going to heal and you're healing people that have any lingering COVID issues. Anything, if you've had COVID and you have issues still lingering after that, the Lord wants to heal you. 
I'm going to ask if any of those were you, if you would stand up this morning, because we're going to surround you and pray for you this morning. Any and everyone in the house, if that was you, just stand up. And I'm going to ask the body, the church, to start getting around these people and laying hands on them. Come on, you're the church. You're the ministry team. You are the house and just start praying and declaring the healing of the Lord. The Lord has spoken it this morning, and when he speaks it, he's going to do it. He's ready, he's able, and he's willing. I thank you, God, and I thank you, God, that you would let your fierce love for these precious people and their bodies come over us as a church family right now as we're praying for them. Your fierce love, God. God, let your hatred of sickness and pain that has come against these people come over us right now as we're declaring healing for everybody in this house this morning. I release a baptism of love over every person in the house and within my voice right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your healing word, your sovereign healing word this morning. We thank you, God, and we stand on that word, and I declare war right now on sickness and pain. Right now, I declare war on this sickness and this pain in the name of Jesus. How dare, this is the house of the Lord. How dare this sickness and pain present itself in the house of the Lord God Almighty, for he is Jehovah Rapha. Infirmities, infirmities, you have been defeated on the cross at Calvary. And we, the church of the living God in this house, we're administering the finished work of the cross right now because we are a house of apostles, of prophets, of evangelists, of pastors, of teachers with authority. And we command right now in the name of Jesus, every pain leave, every sickness leave in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. And as you start feeling the, the healing presence of the Lord, just begin to praise him. Just begin to praise him across the room. And we need to know. Just begin to lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord and let us know that you're feeling something happening. You're feeling something happening in your body. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. You may have to move around. You may have to check it out if it's something you can tell. Just begin moving around. And, and if it's your back, try to touch your toes. Because we want to know, we want to celebrate, and just let us know this is what the Lord is doing. This is what the Lord is doing. Let us know. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord. It's so good. He's so good. I declare, and we thank you, Jesus, that his healing is flowing. And I want you to let us know. I want you to let us know throughout the service. As the Lord begins to touch you and heal you, you let us know because we're going to celebrate it. Because the Lord is not only able, he is willing. He is willing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you just continue praying. I see some of you still just loving on one another and praying and ministering. This is beautiful. This is the family of God. And you can just continue, and I'm going to start preaching. Because I'm talking this morning about the fear of the Lord. I love it when the worship team and whoever's preaching, they don't talk, but yet they talk in the spirit. 
as we sang about the fear of the Lord already this morning, I want to talk to you about the fear of the Lord because holiness and purity are returning to the bride of Christ, church. Through this sifting season that we've been in in over the past year and a half or more, and not only are uh, believers continuing to be sifted and uh, continuing to be exposed before the Lord, but also church bodies, church bodies across the earth uh, and whole nations are being sifted and exposed in this hour. Uh, We've discovered who is embracing the purifying refiner's fire from the holy throne of the Lord God Almighty and who is embracing the compromise and the deception of the devil. It's unlike anything we've ever seen. Things are taking place in our world today, a level of blatant evil and demonic agendas and mass confusion that we've never seen before when the world cannot even discern anymore that a man is a man and a woman is a woman, then you can be certain that the enemy, the author of confusion, has broken into the house to steal, kill, and destroy. But church, Jesus says he came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. And so church, we have everything we need in this hour in him. Hallelujah. Everything we need in this hour in him. But church, there is a decision to make because you will either come out of this sifting and exposing uh, season and process of this hour, either as a Christian that has taken on the shape and the form of a religion that appears to look like love on the outside, but is actually a snare of destruction on the inside. Or you will either uh, come out of this process and this season as a passionate, intimate disciple of Jesus Christ who stands on the truth of God's word, who sets the captives free, who walks in abundant life and authority, who is whole body, soul, and spirit, and who enters joyfully and courageously into the new era of God's glory on the earth. I'm telling you, church, I don't want to be a puffed-up Christian, a puffed-up Christian with nothing to offer but earthly realm thoughts. I don't want to be a puffed-up Christian with nothing to offer but second-heaven prophecies and celebrity Christianity and ungodly cultural social justice rants on social media. 2 Timothy 3.5 says to stay away from people that have the appearance of godliness but deny its power. I want to be a laid down disciple who stands by the power and the grace of God flowing through me with words and with wisdom and with solutions and boldness and purity from heaven's heart that pierces the darkness and tears down strongholds and occupies high places and that offers a real authentic love that says I love you too much to water down the glorious gospel of the kingdom of heaven that is at hand. Buckle up, church. I'm not messing around this morning. Not that I ever have, but the fear of God, the fear of God is shown first and foremost by the place that God occupies in your life. Wes talked about it so powerfully last Sunday. Uh, Is Jesus the king of glory simply on the list of options in our lives or is is he in a league of his own? What a word. What a word. Do we look and turn to him above all else saying, Jesus, you are it. In a world, in a world and society where there are endless options to pull and persuade us, Jesus, you are king. Show me the place that God occupies in your life and I'll show you if you're walking in the fear of the Lord or not. 
Church, Abraham, he was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac. And you know the story. As Abraham ties his son down uh, to the altar and he raises his hand, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. And this is what he said in Genesis 22, 11 and 12. Abraham, Abraham. So Abraham said, here am I. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. For now I know that you fear God. Abraham is known as a father of faith. Uh, we see his faith uh, in the account of Abraham's life in the book of Genesis. Uh, the Bible says the things in which Abraham did in faith, God counted it to him as righteousness. And then we see where Paul talks about the faith of Abraham in Romans chapter 4. Yet catch this, church. The angel of the Lord says in this passage, as he stops him at the altar, he says, for now I know that you fear God. The Lord needed to know that this great man of faith who had proven his faith and in whom he chose to make into a great nation and for all the people of the earth to be blessed through, the Lord still needed to know that not only was he a man of faith, but also that he feared him. Because there's things that God wants to do through you that requires not just your faith in the Lord, but it requires that you fear the Lord. And then we see the words of Solomon, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. These words from King Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12, they should resound in our hearts because he wrote this at the end of his life. Okay, we're talking about a man who was possessed with God-given wisdom, who ruled over a kingdom, the Bible says, on earth, unlike any we've ever seen or ever would see. Uh, he had favor in the eyes of the Lord, which included the wealth of the nations. Royalty would travel from afar just to see the greatness and the wisdom of this man. He saw the glory of God in such a, a mighty way, and we still receive from his wisdom to this day. This is who we're talking about. Yet also, if you know the story of Solomon, you know that he allowed himself uh, to eventually look to other things. He actually ended up uh, swaying and straying from the ways of God. So here's a man who's not only infused with the God-given supernatural wisdom and who experienced the goodness of God, but who also experienced the turmoil of walking away from him. So he's, he's experienced both extremes, the goodness and the turmoil. And this is what he says at the end of his life in this scripture. Of all the things I've written, there's something that's set apart from the rest of my teachings. And he says it's actually the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Fear God. The conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. The word fear or reverence is used over 300 times in the scriptures as relating to God. And fearing God has nothing to do with being afraid. No, absolutely nothing to do with being afraid. Fearing God is reverently respecting and living in humble awe and humble admiration of the Lord God Almighty. Yes. Jesus is our friend like no other. Yes. Praise God. How many of you need a friend? And how many of you just often need a friend with no issues? Amen. <laughs> Jesus is our friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All right. 
uh, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Father God is a loving and forgiving and a patient father in which every good and perfect gift comes from. But church, do not forget or dare take it lightly that he is Yahweh that he is the great I am, that there is no God like Jehovah, that he is Adonai, owner, master, holy, magnificent, unending, perfect, sovereign, all-powerful, and almighty. Do not ever take it lightly. Tremble before him, church. Tremble before this great God because he speaks and galaxies are created. Who has measured the waters of the sea in the hollow of his hand and, and measured the, the, the heavens with the breadth of his, of his hand, the width of his palm? It says and ask us in Isaiah 40, 12, who knows the exact weight of all the dust of the earth and has weighed all the mountains and hills on his scale. The mountains quake and the earth trembles at his presence, it says in Nahum 1, 5. Clouds and thick darkness surround him, it says in 97.2. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. And when you enter, when you enter the realm of the fear of the Lord God, then all the more will you be undone by his friendship. When you enter into the realm of the fear of the Lord, all the more will you be undone by his comfort and by his unfathomable nature and the ways in which his heart burns for love for you. And it's rare that I, I do this, but with talking about the fear of God, uh, it can sometimes seem to be something, uh, a biblical concept and, and posture that's, that's not as easy to and simple to grasp. And that's because it very much is a, a deep calling unto deep invitation uh, from the Lord. It's not just a gift to unwrap. It's not just a gift to unwrap and open up without a price to have been paid. Without a decision to set yourself apart before the Lord in his holy fire. It's a greater realm of God's glory to access when you begin to walk in the fear of the Lord. And so, as I said, it's only on occasion that I break it down like this for you. But this morning, I'm going to give you three truths, three truths of the fear of the Lord, if you're taking notes. Three truths of the fear of the Lord. Number one, the fear of the Lord is discovered in humility and in holiness. The fear of the Lord is discovered in humility and in holiness. There's been a vital and a powerful movement in the body of Christ over the past decade or so of understanding our identity in Christ. Hallelujah. We've awakened to the truth that we are not filthy sinners, but that we are the righteousness of Christ. We are royalty in the kingdom of heaven. We are chosen ones, king priests, seated in heavenly places. Yes, we are amazing because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. We are amazing because of Jesus, but when you get done being entitled because you went to a supernatural ministry school or because you got a prophetic word about how great your calling is going to be, and when you get done patting yourself on the back because of what Jesus did for you and because of the place that he gave you, try falling on your face before him in all of his glory and casting your crown at his feet and confessing that without him, you are merely nothing. Yeah. 
We are nothing without him. We are mere sinners and lost and in a heap of misery. And that's the fear of the Lord. That's the fear of the Lord. And you know, I've always exhorted you. I've always exhorted you in the groundbreaking truth of who you are in Christ. And I will continue to do so. But it's time to go further, sons and daughters, into new realms of his glory. And I believe we're ready to go there. I've been talking a lot about the glory of God and how we're moving from glory to glory. Uh, But I love and I think it's so significant what Robert Henderson says. He's the author of the book, uh, author uh, uh, of the book, The Courts of Heaven. And I think what he says is so significant. He says, the the proud, arrogant, and self-exalted ones have no rights in the glory of God. He will not share this with them. Only those who are humble, weak, and even esteem foolish does God trust with his glory. It's in the glory of the fear of the Lord through humility and holiness that you actually begin to understand the weight of the sacrifice of Jesus and the weight of the power and authority that you carry as his beloved son or daughter and as his chosen one. You think you're awesome now because you've learned about your identity in him. Lay that identity down before him in the fear of the Lord. Cast that crown at his feet with a trembling heart that recognizes who he is and who you're not. And you will begin to possess a power. You will possess an authority. You will possess an identity in him that unveils a level of God's glory that surpasses anything you've ever accessed. Because it's only available to those who are willing to pay the price and willing to lay it down. Number two, the fear of the Lord is not a gift. It is cultivated. The fear of the Lord is not a gift, it is cultivated. Psalm 34, 11 says, come you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. You do not receive the fear of the Lord through the laying on of hands like you receive a spiritual gift or anointing. The fear of the Lord is not received through the miraculous. The fear of the Lord is cultivated, which means it is learned through commitment and attention and surrender and sacrifice. Nedra read the scripture in her message a few weeks ago. I want to read it again in Philippians 2, 12 through 13. In the Amplified Version, it says, So then, my dear ones, just as you have always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, not only in my present presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation that is cultivated, bring it to full effect, actively pursue spiritual maturity with awe-inspired fear and trembling. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work with you, both to will and to work that is strengthening and energizing and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Catherine Kuhlman, the great healing evangelist, uh, would have healing services where the power of God would show up in such glorious and mighty ways. So many people would be healed or or touched by God uh, in these meetings that they would come by the thousands upon thousands just to be in the room, just to be in the tent. And Catherine, she was known after these services to spend hours, hours uh, pouring the glory of this, this glory back out at the feet of Jesus because she knew, she knew she couldn't afford for any of it to get in her own spirit or her own being. That's the fear of the Lord. 
She often spoke of the responsibility of being entrusted by Holy Spirit. And the people that knew her well, they said she trembled. She would literally tremble at the thought of grieving him. That's the fear of the Lord. Evan Roberts, the leader of the Welch revivals, which some say is one of the greatest revivals and had the more impact on the earth than any other revival. And Evan, uh, and there would be many meetings where Evan would not even come out of the back room into the meeting. He wouldn't even come out until he was absolutely certain that he would not receive any of the glory, but that all of the glory would be for God and God alone. That's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not a gift. It's a daily decision of the attitude of your heart to make. It's a daily cultivation, just in the way the fruit of the vine is cultivated and tended to and grown and matured, so is the cultivation of the fear of the Lord in your life. That it will one one day produce a new wine that's mature and connected solely to the vine of Christ to fulfill its purpose for God's glory and good pleasure. Hallelujah. Number three, the fear of the Lord is the gateway to promise, blessing, and destiny. The fear of the Lord is the gateway to promise, blessing, and destiny. Hervogi Sirovina, he's a German minister, and in his book on the glory of God, he found that there is nothing in the entire Bible that is associated with more promises than the fear of the Lord. Faith, prayer, fasting, uh, Grace, even love, is not linked to as many promises as the fear of God is. And so what I want to do is I want to release to you and over you uh, some of these scriptures of promise from the Lord when we walk in the fear of the Lord. Malachi 3.16 is talking about the faithful remnant of the, remnant of the Lord, and it says, Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. When you fear the Lord, God hears your voice and remembers. He remembers those who fear him. Exodus 20, 20, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep from sinning. So the fear of the Lord will keep you from sinning. I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but the thought that I can make one sinful decision, one sinful decision that could end up destroying my marriage, hurting my family, losing my trust with those that God has given me to lead, that sends the fear of God running through me. And let it run through you, church, because the fear of the Lord keeps you from sinning. Psalm 128, 1 through 4, it says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. This is a, pro this is a promise and this is a blessing of prosperity for those who fear the Lord. And this is a promise and a blessing, men. Men, this is a blessing and a promise for your wife or your future wife, for your children or your future children. 
I remember my dad, he told me in all his years of ministry and all his years of marriage counseling with those having marital problems, I remember him telling me uh, that he rarely, if ever, encountered a woman who was not willing to follow a man who was making Jesus a priority in their marriage and in their home and who walked in humility, which is a sign of the fear of the Lord. He said they weren't expected to be perfect by any means, but if there was passion for Jesus being the center and the priority, and if there was humility, a woman would follow his lead and respect that man. Maybe it's because when the husband walks in the fear of the Lord, as the scriptures say, his wife is able to thrive like a fruitful vine. And his children flourish like olive shoots around the table. Hallelujah. Psalm 111.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. The fear of the Lord is the gateway to wisdom. That's a promise, church. That's a promise. But you can't have godly wisdom without the fear of the Lord because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Malachi 4.2, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. There is healing in the fear of the Lord, church. There's healing, a promise of healing. Fear his holy name, reverently respect and live in trembling awe and wonder of our great and indescribable God and you have a promise of healing. So vibrant and energized like a calf leaping from the stall. Have you ever seen a calf come out of a stall? I'm telling you, they burst out of it. They burst out of a stall. Literally, as the scriptures say, they come out leaping and kicking their back, back legs up. And you watch and you think, I never knew a cow could run that fast or leap that high. I'm serious if you've seen it. And also, Proverbs 3, 7, and 8 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I felt when we were praying, for those of you who needed healing this morning, I felt, but I didn't say it yet, but I felt that the healing, uh, the he if you didn't receive healing in that moment, there's healing this morning. Uh, as we begin to talk about this, there's healing in the fear of the Lord. As you respond to the word of the Lord this morning, there's healing in the word of the Lord. Because also, uh, it says uh, in Proverbs ten twenty seven, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the, year, the years of the wicked will be short. The fear of the Lord prolongs your life, church. There's health and healing for your body and your bones in the fear of the Lord, church. For Psalm 34, 7 says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Church, the fear of the Lord activates angels on your behalf that deliver and protect. Hallelujah. Psalm 34, 9 says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. For those who fear him have no lack. Hebrews 5, 7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. We're talking about Jesus, the son of God, showing us the way of the kingdom. It says he had reverent submission. That's the fear of the Lord. And in reverent submission, your prayers are heard. This scripture moves me, church. As I think of Jesus, the Son of God, showing us the way of his kingdom as he fervently cries out 
in prayer with tears, in holy reverent submission, if Jesus, the Son of God, walked in the fear of the Lord in reverent submission, how much more should we? And it says when we do, our prayers are heard. We're almost there. Acts 9, 31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. The fear of the Lord, it brings peace and it brings strength, strength and it brings increase. It expand, expands the influence of the church. Proverbs 19, 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life and then one rests content, untouched by trouble. This is loaded. There is rest and contentment and protection from trouble for those that fear the Lord. I think some of you, uh, as I said, you may come today, you have come today and you're looking uh, for rest for your soul. And I'm not sure in which way you thought you would find it, but I'm telling you that you will find it in humble reverence and holy surrender before the Lord your God. You will find it in humble reverence and holy surrender before the Lord your God. Jeremiah 5, 24, let us fear the Lord our God who gives autumn and spring rains in season, who assures us of the regular weeks of harvest. The fear of the Lord our God secures the harvest, church. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. These are just a handful of the scriptures that talk about the promise and the blessing that come with the fear of the Lord. But also, when you are postured in and you are walking in the fear of the Lord, it's not so that you can receive something from God. That's going to happen. The promises and the blessing will come because the fear of the Lord aligns you with his promises by his sovereign word. But how many of you know that we're always receiving something from God? Whether we acknowledge it or not, the air that we breathe in and breathe out right now is from God. Exalt him for it. This very moment we are in is fashioned and sustained by the love and grace and sovereign word of the Lord God Almighty. It's who he is. And he's better than we could ever think or imagine. But the fear of the Lord is not about you getting something from him. It's about surrendering yourself, surrendering your life, your heart, and your being to his majesty. The fear of the Lord says, not my will be done, Lord, but yours. The fear of the Lord says, not my will be done, Lord, but yours. It says, God, all the glory is all yours in all things at all times. It says, who am I without you? You are above all and you are Lord of all. It's a greater realm of God's glory to access when you walk in the fear of the Lord and you have a decision to make if you're going to access this glory. And I'm so thankful you have faith in him. But what I'm asking you this morning is do you fear him? There's nothing to do right now in this moment except respond. Just begin to respond. Whatever it looks like for you, begin to respond. If this bears witness in your spirit that this is the word of the Lord, then respond right now. Respond in the house and the holiness of Lord. Do not respond to me. Do not respond to this message. Respond to the Lord God Almighty. 
Whatever you need to do, you can come forward. You can get in the aisles. You can stay in your seat. It's your decision to make today and moving forward of how you're going to respond to him. Of how you're going to respond to Adonai. How you're going to respond to the creator, the glorious one in whom all things are subject to. So respond. Respond to the Holy One. No music. No music. Only the fear of the Lord. The holy fear of the Lord, church. Respond to the Holy One. Respond with reverent fear and trembling before Him. He's worthy of it all. <laughs> and we will be a people, and we will be a house that fears the Lord God Almighty. It says, Not ours, but yours. You are owner. You are master. 